today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Whoa, why is this happening? No, don't think that like that. Yeah, this fiery trial that I'm in, Lord, why? No, that's not, the, that's not the right question. It's not why, it's what, Lord. It's not why, Lord, it's what, Lord, do you want me to see in this? Not why are you doing this to me? No, it's what are you wanting to show me? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. The Bible tells us that God disciplines His children. And today, Pastor J.D. shows that this truth is encouraging. God's discipline validates that we are His children, and it will always be for our good. While we will undoubtedly face challenges in life, we can take heart knowing that God is working for our good, even if it hurts for now. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You have eyes, but you're not seeing it. You don't have eyes to see. You don't have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This is a sad description of God's people unless we be too harsh on Israel. As I know many of us are prone to do, I know I'm just as guilty as the next guy when I'm in the Old Testament, which I am often, and I read about the Israelites, especially during the Exodus, murmuring and complaining. I'm like, man, how could you murmur? And the Holy Spirit's like, if you were there, you would have been at the front of that line complaining. We we want meat to eat. So bored of this manna. Manna yesterday, manna today, manna tomorrow. I mean, you can only make so many manna burgers. We want meat to eat. I would have been the, I would have made up, no, maybe not. I was going to say I would have made up, you know, those posters and started a, you know, protest and give us meat to eat. (laughs) You know, and and when we read that, we're all, we're so pious in our spiritual, you know, well, I would never do that. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. I, I have ears to hear. No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a good example. Just came to me. I'm hoping this is the Holy Spirit. Believe it is. Here it goes. You know how when you're hearing God's word, you're sitting under the teaching of God's word. Maybe you're listening to a, a message, and here's what you think to yourself: Man, so and so needs to hear this. I think I'll send him the link. Oh, really? Oh, they need to hear it. You don't need to hear this. I mean, you're good. No, they, they, oh, I'm, I wish they were here 
to hear this. They need to hear this. (laughs) What about you? Maybe you need to hear this. No, I heard it. Well, oh, you have ears, but did you really hear? You know, I always, and I did this before I got into the pastorate, but I would always ask the Lord prior to a Bible study and a Sunday morning service. Anytime I was going to sit under the teaching of God's Word, I would always ask God to prepare my heart to receive the Word, to give me eyes that would see. I mean, I have eyes. I don't need eyes. I just need eyes that see what you want to show me, Lord, because I know you want to show me something, and just because you're showing it to me doesn't mean I'm seeing it. And just because you're speaking it to me doesn't mean I'm hearing it. So Lord, when you show it to me, give me eyes to see it, because I don't want to see it. And when you speak it, I want to have ears that are going to hear it and heed it, because we can be guilty, as James says, of being merely hearers of God's Word, but not doers of God's Word. The litmus test by which you know that you're a hearer and take heed is when you're a doer of God's Word. Oh, you got it. Yeah, watch me now. (laughs) I'm doing it. I'm taking heed. I'm a doer. I'm not just a hearer. You know, I heard it, and then I left, and I forgot everything that I, I heard. And you're like a man looking into a mirror, the mirror, the perfect mirror of God's Word. Because that's what God's Word is. The law is perfect. And the law, like a mirror, shows us us. I don't like to look at myself in the mirror, especially nowadays. You get up in the morning, you look, oh, Lord, come quickly, please, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I I remember one time... (laughs) This is a while back. I apologized to my wife. I said, honey, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I was born this way, and I, the years have not been kind to me. They've been great to you. She's beautiful, but I, I'm so sorry that you have to, Jesus, come quickly, please, you know. But what, what does that mirror show me? It shows me as I really am. It shows me, well, you need to do something about that. Yeah, I better shave that, cut that, do something about that. That's what the mirror, I'm going to do something about what I saw and heard. Because my mirror talks to me too. Dude, you're getting old. It talks to me. I'm going to do what something about what I hear. Because see, God's Word shows me as I really am, as much as I don't like it. And I mean throughout the pages of Holy Writ, it's just like one mirror after the other. I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a dirty rotten sinner, I'm a stinking rotten sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, I need a Savior, I need a Savior. That's what the mirror of God's Word does. I don't want to hear it, I need to hear it. I don't want to see it. No, I need to see it. Verse 21, the Lord is well pleased for His righteousness sake. 
He will exalt the law and make it honorable. But, verse 22, this is interesting. Listen to this. This is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes, and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey, and no one delivers for plunder, and no one says, restore. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will listen and hear for the time to come? And here's another question, verse 24. Who gave Jacob for plunder and Israel to the robbers? That's a good question. Answer, was it not the Lord? He against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, nor were they obedient to his law. Therefore, verse 25, he has poured on him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle. It has set him on fire all around. Yet he did not know, and it burned him. Yet he did not take it to heart. Wow. Wow. You know what this is speaking of? <laughs> it speaks to a very hard truth. It's very hard to hear. It's very hard to accept. But it's a very hard truth concerning the lengths the Lord will go to get His people to return to Him. And I think this is the clarion call today. This is what the Spirit is saying to the church, to God's people today. And it's a hard truth. It's a hard message. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to teach it. But this is what the Lord's saying. I'm the one who has brought this against you. Who gave Jacob for plunder? Why, Lord, are you allowing the plunder, the robber, the thief? Why are you allowing the adversity? Why are you allowing all of this to happen? Because I'm trying to get your attention. Have I got your attention yet? God has a problem. God doesn't have problems, but just bear with me. The, the problem God has is that when things are going really well, He doesn't have our attention. Because when things are going really well, we're just kind of like, we glide and abide. We're going and glowing. Praise the Lord. And it even shows up in our prayer life, right? When things are going good, Thank you, Lord. Bless this. Bless that. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, then let adversity strike. Oh, Lord! Oh, now I got your attention. This is Ecclesiastes 7, verse 14, I think. I'm very 
uncertain about it, but I'm pretty sure it is. Ecclesiastes 7.14, if it's not somebody can lovingly correct me. Lovingly correct me. But Solomon writes this. This is a, a paraphrase. During times of prosperity, just enjoy it. When God's blessing you, enjoy it. But when, not if, when adversity strikes, oh, I wish it said if, by chance, you know, adversity should strike. No, when adversity strikes, stop and consider. Now that God's got your attention, He's allowed both the prosperity and the adversity so that man will never become complacent about his future. Hey, when times are going good, I mean, it's kind of like, hey, praise the Lord. But then when adversity strikes, Lord, what, why? Why are you allowing this to, oh, now I've got your attention. Because there's something I want to show you. And see, I couldn't, before I allowed the adversity, the plunder, whatever it is, into your life, because you're just so busy going to and fro. And your life is so loud, and you couldn't hear my still small voice. I always use the example of a teacher I had in high school. His name was Mr. Bowman. I actually at a high school reunion told him that he was the subject of many a sermon illustration, to which he thanked me, I think. But he, he was one of those guys that talked real softly. I mean, and you know, kind of a monotone voice, never got animated, and as you might imagine for me, first day of class, hey, Mr. Bowman, speak up, we can't hear you. Well, I learned real quick about Mr. Bowman and his voice. He says to me, no, this is how I speak. If you want to hear me, you got to quiet down. Oh, I get saved at age 19, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, remember Mr. Bowman? Yeah! I speak in a similar, small, still, quiet voice. And if you want to hear what I'm saying, you got to turn the volume down on your life, or else you won't. I'm not going to compete. You want to hear what I'm saying? Yes? Well then, <laughs> I don't want to use the two words that start with S and U. I'll leave it there. Just be quiet so you can. You, you want to hear me speak? Then this is how I speak. And now that I've got your attention, we need to talk because there's some things I need to tell you. There's some things I need to show you. And now that I've got you, because of this, I can show you. I can speak to you. I want to close the Bible study with 1 Peter chapter 4. Two verses that I struggle with. I don't want to say anything more than that. I mean, I, I guess a pastor shouldn't say they have a hard time with the verses in God's Word, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, we would have to admit that there's some verses, you read them and you go, <laughs> Oh Lord, <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. One of them is James, consider it pure joy, 
my brothers, when you encounter various trials. <laughs> pure joy when I'm in a trial. And about pure hell when I'm in a trial. That's more like it. Well, this is one of them, like that. Verse 12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now he's going to go on to explain why God has allowed that adversity, that trial in your life. There's a purpose for it. God wants to show you something. God wants to say something to you that He could not say to you before, so He's allowed this trial into your life, because now He's got your attention. And now you're all ears, as we say. You're on the edge of your seat, now that He's got your attention. And don't, don't think it's strange, like, whoa, why is this happening? No, don't think that like that. Yeah, this fiery trial that I'm in. Lord, why? No, that's not, the, that's not the right question. It's not why, it's what, Lord. It's not why, Lord, it's what, Lord, do you want me to see in this? Not why are you doing this to me? No, it's what are you wanting to show me? And then verse 17, you want to talk about chilling? And it comports with this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 42. The Apostle Peter by the Holy Spirit writes, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Okay, that, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. I want judgment to begin with the evil and the wicked. No. It's at the house of God, and, listen, if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? In other words, and here's the takeaway, this adversity has struck, this trial has hit, because God is purifying you. He's purifying you. I think it's in, uh, I forget what Psalm, David says it. The blows cleanse away evil. He says, if you didn't do this to me, Lord, I would have went astray. He's actually thanking God for the blows, the adversity, because were it not for the affliction, I would have went astray on my merry way. Thank you, Lord, for stopping me dead in my tracks. And here's the, the bottom line. You must really love me. Because think about it. If He didn't love you, He wouldn't bother. With our children growing up, I, I thank God that God's a merciful God. I think God's got an extra measure of grace for parents in our parenting, right? our children growing up, we used to tell them that we're disciplining them because we love them so much. Well, you said the same thing. We have different ways of saying it, you know. It's going to hurt me a lot more. It's going to hurt you. Well, then why hurt yourself? <laughs> I, I do this because I love you. 
Well, love me less. <laughs> why? Why? No, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. And I would tell my boys when they were little. I said, you know, listen. I'm disciplining you because I love you. If I didn't love you so much, I would just say to you, yeah, fine, go ahead, juggle knives on the H3 at 5 p.m. I'm really interested in the H3 tonight for some reason. You you get the point? In other words, yeah, go ahead, I don't care. I don't care what happens to you. No, I love you. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Don't despise. That's how you know you're His. When you get a spanking. That, yeah, oh, because you're not going to, could you imagine you're in a restaurant? Of course, nowadays, takeout, I guess, or I don't know, camped out in front of the, I'm sorry. Man, I, who wants to stay in this world anymore? Anyway, where was I? Oh, it's a profound illustration. So you're in a restaurant, and you're sitting across from a table with a young family with young children, and I mean, they are just screaming and fighting and throwing food at each other, and the parents are doing nothing. And you want to get up out of your seat and give them children a good spanking. What keeps you from doing that? They're not your kids. If you did that, (laughs) you can't do that. That's not your child. Oh, but if I'm the father, I can do that. That, Oh, so you see in the grocery store those temper tantrums that the kids throw? It's always down the aisle where the candy is. And you see that parent disciplining that child? How do you know that that's the mom? Because they're disciplining the child. What, what some stranger's going to come down that aisle and discipline the child? I mean, they might want to. <laughs> discipline child on aisle five, you know. <laughs> no, I, oh, that must be the mom, the dad, because they're disciplining the child. That's what our father says of us. You're my child, and I'm going to discipline you because I love you enough to discipline you. Lord, I pray that you'll take this now and by the Holy Spirit begin that process. And it is a process where you're taking your word and and letting it do its work in our hearts. Lord, I don't think there's a one of us that doesn't want to be more like Jesus. And if this is what it takes, then so be it, Lord. As hard as it is, Lord, so be it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this chapter in your word. Thank you for inspiring Isaiah to write this so that we all these generations later could read it, heed it, be edified by it, and more importantly, apply it to our lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.